welcome to Fireside Breakdowns. I'm John. And I'm Robin. Together, we research and break down complex and timely topics facing our society and bring our findings to you every week. Our promise to you is to bring you honest analysis backed by research, to skew our bias towards what can be factually supported, and to try and make it clear when we're giving our opinion versus speaking about actual research. Naturally, we're human. We have blind spots and biases, and they will show through. But our goal isn't to convince you to think any certain way. We want to give everyone a foundational understanding of these complicated topics so that together we can discuss and address them in a thoughtful, beneficial way. Because of the topics that we cover, some of our episodes might get heavy, and some topics might seem divisive. But we believe that even on these issues, common understanding can be found. And we hope that those of you listening agree. We don't accept that the current state of society is the way that it must be. Together, through discussion and on common ground, we can build a better world for ourselves and for future generations. So we suggest getting comfortable, maybe having a good drink on hand as we work through this stuff. Welcome to our fireside. So, every other week of the year, we bring you deep and complex issues and try to unpack them using research to find common ground. But not this week, folks. This week, we are celebrating in a moment. First, I want to wrap up a couple of ideas, some things that have come up in the past couple of uh, days since we recorded last, and, um, and kind of put a bow on the election stuff. Nothing research heavy, just kind of bringing it all together for a second, maybe five or 10 minutes. And, um, and then we're going to get you guys some, some more, some lighter stuff. And then at the end of the episode is all of that cool stuff that we've been talking and leading up to and telling you, we're going to tell you about finally, (laughs) but first, but first, uh, just a couple of things I want to talk about, um, you know, what the last three episodes on on the election stuff and the the bills that we talked about, how that all ties together. I want to talk about Shikari Richardson for a few yeah, minutes. Yeah, we got to talk about that for a minute. And, um, and I want to talk about an idea that has been rattling around in my head for a couple of weeks. I'm surprising Robin with this. She doesn't know. Yeah, this is um, like an ambush. She's, she's super nervous right now. It's hilarious to me. But no, just... Um, I think an an explanation of how we can say, how we can still say, even after a year of doing this, that we are still trying not to be biased, even though a lot of our stuff comes off as very left-leaning. And I've I've been thinking about that for a while. Um, But first, um, let's talk about those last three episodes really quick, because we talked about a lot of things. We talked about some voter restriction laws that are being passed. We talked about um, some proposed uh, voting enhancement laws that are being talked about and and kicked around in com in Congress, and we talked about two specific laws pretty in depth last week um, in Missouri, one in Missouri, and then the HR one uh, Voting Rights Act, which is is kind of stalled at the moment. And I realized that we didn't necessarily draw a an obvious through line for everybody for those, even though it was pretty clear to me and Robin because yeah. we were doing all of the research together. And so just what what we are trying to communicate through the course of those episodes and and, uh, and I think what I was specifically trying to communicate and will and Robin will say what she was getting at too was um, that a lot of the conversation about these voting laws, the laws themselves sound good. And that's why we talked about HB 85. It was a law that sounded good. The Second Amendment Protection Act or uh, whatever it was. I can't remember off the top of my head right now. We have no notes this time, guys. This is all free form. It's like jazz. Um, but the laws, the laws sound good. You know, voter protection or um, uh, voter security, rather. That's the, the phrase I get. Election security, that's the phrase I hear all the time. This is, these are election security laws. Yes, they sound good on the surface, but as we talked about last week, a lot of those laws, or not last week, the week before, 
a lot of those laws have unintended or disproportionate impacts on different classes of people. Um, I hate using the word class, but I think it is what communicates what I'm trying to get at. So a lot of these election uh, protection laws are actually disenfranchising certain populations that might not have the same uh, freedoms that uh, other people do. And by freedom, I mean the ability to take off work, the ability to spend um, money to ensure that they travel a great distance to their voting location or that they can get their ID or that they can request a replacement ID, stuff like that. Um, the people on the fringes of society who really need to have their voices heard the most in a democracy because they're the ones that the democracy needs, the, needs to do the most work for to protect and to make sure that they have the same inalienable rights that are guaranteed to everybody and experience in the same way. So that was, for me, that was my mission that I set out to communicate through those, those episodes. Um, Robin, did, what do you, what do you, what do you feel about those episodes? What do you think? Yeah, I think we're on the same page with that. I mean, the, one of the biggest points that I really wanted people to get, especially as we were talking through the different pieces of legislation, was the fact that so much of how we vote in this country comes down to privilege. And I'm not just talking about the super cliche voting as a privilege, not a right, even though it is hmm. actually a right. But that Literally idea that, right. that this is something that is plus and and you should be grateful for the opportunity but the fact that the ability to vote very often comes down to your access to privilege, whether that's time privilege or transportation security or um, being able-bodied. There or literally being in a district that isn't rigged against you. Right. Right. I mean, it can come down to being the wrong race in your district or the wrong political party in your district. And I want people to understand that that's, that's what we're talking about when we talk about voter rights and we talk about voting access. The things that people like Stacey Abrams are doing to get out and get more people involved in voting, it's not to skew things a certain way. It's not with partisan advantage in mind. It is literally the opportunity to take the vote to the people who may not have the privilege to exercise that right otherwise. And so we have to know what we're up against when we're fighting for free and fair elections, because that's a line that a lot of people are using on both sides, free and fair elections. What does that really mean? And how are the, the pieces of legislation that are in place right now going to affect fair and free access to the election system in this country. Right. Yeah. You can really look at the impact of a law, the projected impact of a law, and and see if it is going to truly enhance free and fair elections. Because it feels like, to me, some people say free and fair elections, and they literally mean as many people who are capable of voting do vote. Mm-hmm capable of legally voting, right? We want to make sure that if you have the ability to vote in this country, you can. And then it sounds like other people, it really feels like what I'm seeing is we want to make sure that the people that we like voting are the ones actually voting. And they're not explicitly saying that, but you can see it in the way these bills work and the impacts that they have and the people that they hit the most. Texas today met in special Congress. We're recording on Thursday, uh, July 8th. They, they met uh, in a special session to try to pass their restrictive voting rights um, laws again. And it would cut off the vote from a lot of minority populations and make it much, much more difficult for them to access the ballots. And they're doing this in the name of election security, in the name of these free and fair elections that we can trust in, but they're not, they're not fair if you're cutting off access to Americans to vote in these elections. And we need to really, really think about 
who we are supporting and what they are saying when they say we want every legal vote counted. We want every legal American to be able to vote. Who are they defining as American? Because um, I'm hearing a lot of rhetoric from very extreme people, don't get me wrong, but from very extreme people that is definitely leaning towards that, well, you're not a true American, even though even though the people they're talking about might be. You don't you didn't assimilate to our society, therefore you're not a real American. Never mind the fact that you can vote, that you are legal here, that you have done all of the requisite things. And that is very concerning and something that we all have to be on the lookout for. So I don't think there is any greater any greater fight that we can fight at this moment when it comes to politics than ensuring that the election laws getting passed are actually free and fair election oriented and not lip service to that, but actually doing something different. It is one of my perennial concerns are these election um, restrictions and the Supreme Court last week it was it was after we had recorded or after we had written the the script but they they actually scooped another pretty big chunk out of um, the 1965 Voting Rights Act this time it was section two that they weakened a considerable amount if you listen to our episode what was that two weeks ago uh, we talked about sections five and section 4b. Yeah. And how that impacts um, voting right now, and how when that was how that when that was stricken down, uh, most recently in 2013, I think, by the Supreme Court, that it immediately, like the next day, started impacting access to the vote. Yep. So Section Two is is another another protection that was considerably weakened with their decision last week, and. I hate to sound like I'm fear-mongering because there's nothing that I hate more than unfounded claims that sound scary, but I am I would rather err on the side of caution when it comes to voting rights than um than not. Right. And um if we don't if we don't perk our ears up now when it looks like some some damage is being done to voting rights, then it might be too late because it is very difficult to change a law when the people who would change that law can't get into office because they can't win an election. Right. So uh, that is definitely the, the, uh, the probably the most serious, serious scary part of this episode, but I really did want to hit on that. Yeah. I'm actually going to flip the order of the topics I mentioned. I want to talk now about because that obviously we're talking about one party right now because we'd mentioned it in an episode a lot of these restrictions are coming from the republican side of the party of the of the political spectrum but you and i continually say that we are not anti-republican and we are not and i don't think we are i'm definitely not i have problems with the republican party at the moment Mm -hmm. but that is with the political leaders i don't have problems by and large with republicans right um and that's because i don't think i think we're being sold a lie i think we're being sold a a prepackaged lie um that makes it really really easy to divide us and that lie is the fact that the element that america is struggling with right now is inherent to the republican party and i don't think that's true and i think we've all done a great disservice to each other by framing it that way agreed i agree very much and i think um i think that's very reflective of humanity's desire to belong and so whenever you have a group or an organization that's willing to basically hang out a flag and say hey if you want to come be a part of us and you think this way come be a part of us people are going to flock to that it has nothing to do with the name that you put on it or even even the main political ideals of the Republican Party. Yeah, I think this particular element that we're that we all Americans are, are wrestling with right now, this this part of America, this section that wants to be, I guess, protectionist, that wants to 
build barriers against the outsider, against the immigrant that wants to vilify um, change, really, but especially wants to vilify the left, wants to vilify progressive ideals, not progressive politics, but progressive ideals that wants to vilify building a global society that isn't globalist, but we recognize the fact that we have, you know, the world is connected now, that wants to work in that world, that wants to, in, in, to embrace the immigrant as part of what makes us culturally diverse, that wants to recognize the inherent value in diversification and that sort of thing. Um, the part of society that resists that has always been here. And you can see it throughout history. And it used to be Democrats. Mm -hmm. It used to be the Dixiecrats. And before that, it used to be other parties. It used to be parties that are dead now. And before that, it used to be uh, sects of the settlers that that came here and established society that forced out uh, outside groups like it has always existed and it will always exist in every society the people who put up their barriers and put up their walls and don't and are scared of allowing anybody else in is really what it boils down to it's a fear reaction it is it comes it comes from the idea that in order to keep ourselves our ideals the things we want safe we have to block rather than the other perspective, which is that there is safety in in sharing and in allowing and in building relationship. So that's that's why whenever we say we try not to be biased, but then we go on and we talk about how one party in particular is doing a lot of stuff right now. It's not necessarily about the party. It's just that that party happens to be the host for a pretty nasty parasite in American society. And eventually, I do believe that the Republican Party will recognize the harm that that part is doing, that that parasite is doing, and will cut it off. And mm-hmm. at that point, that parasite will find a new host. It will move into a different part of society. And that might just be a more radical, more conservative area. Mm-hmm. It might go underground for a while and then reemerge on the Democratic side because Democrats aren't immune to this sort of thing. It'll, it'll take on different... Uh, slang it'll take on different catchphrases and words but the end result will be the same Um, it could happen the only way it doesn't happen is if if we recognize and we all acknowledge that there is a problem that we need to address Mm -hmm. and that that problem is not it, it is separate from political ideology but also intertwined with a current party yeah in defense of our neutrality, <laughs> In defense it's of our not neutrality. about it's not about Republicans. It's about right. that particular group that we think is actually anti-American and very much against the ideals that America strives to or likes to believe that we support in our mythology. Right. And I can almost guarantee you that at some point you will be able to accuse us of bias against progressives or against the Democratic Party. Uh, It's going to come up because the further you get to either end of the political spectrum, the more people engage in that otherism and that protective behavior. Mm -hmm. It just, who they're protecting against changes. Yeah, it's true. It is. Honestly, I'm stinking annoyed right now with with Biden and his insistence on this Afghanistan withdrawal and the way that we're doing it because it is leaving us very vulnerable and I can't really talk about it, but I am very, very, very upset at the way that that is going down. Should we get out of Afghanistan? Yes, absolutely. Totally believe that. Is this the way to do it? gonna have to say no and i know that that's not entirely biden's fault i know that this ball was set rolling during the trump administration and we don't we shouldn't lose sight of that but that would to say to blame what's happening now entirely on trump would also be to rob biden of the power that he has as president that is true to change things right so he <laughs> there are better ways there are better ways that's all i'm gonna say i am 
genuinely concerned that in another two or three decades, we're going to have a resurgence, if that long, if that long, if that long. We will be lucky if it is that long, but we're going to have another resurgence of extremist ideology coming out of that region because it's just completely destabilized now. <sighs> Gotta hey, get off the soapbox. Maybe we <sighs> should um, add that to the list for season two, though. Like, oh, yeah. Like, let's hey, stop just dropping do... hits. I'm just saying, like, stop I, for hits. a long time, have wanted to talk about American destabilization of foreign governments and then how we go in and basically train wreck them afterwards. Um, so that brings us to Shikari Richardson. What happened? What happened, Robin? Oh, I'm so sad you about sent it. Me this. I did. I was, I believe that I sent it to you accompanied by a string of curse words. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was colorful. Yeah. I, it was a very, it was a pride flag of swear words. It really was. Uh, that's how I express my inner feelings. Um, no, what happened was after the amazing 100 meter race, she was drug tested and um, tested positive for marijuana in her urine sample, which is against all of the rules and um, potentially could have disqualified her from running in the Tokyo Olympics altogether, but did result in a month-long suspension and the inability for her to run her signature race in Tokyo. Um, mm-hmm. She was an absolute class act in all of her responses. Uh, basically, she just reminded everybody, hey, I'm, I'm human. I'm exactly like you. I'm just faster. Right. Basically what had happened is, is her birth mother had died and she processed her grief by smoking a little weed. Okay. Put that whole story in context. How did she find out that her birth mother had died? Did you see this? No. Yeah. A reporter told her asking her a question. That's how she found out. That's some bullshit. That is some bullshit. So Yes, she was basically surprised by this information and then yeah. had to process through it. Um, so, yeah, it is it is kind of it's it's a real crappy situation yeah. and it's devastating to. Well, really, it's devastating to any American who <laughs> who has a heart, I think. Yeah. Um, do you think it was racism? Do you think that's. What it was, because a lot of people I've been seeing are saying that this was racist, that this was clearly a a, um, a, a decision that was based on more than just the marijuana because of other Olympians like Michael Phelps or Ryan Lochte, who had been in other uh, dust ups during yes. the Olympics and were still allowed to compete. Right. So do you think it has something to do with, with their skin color? I do not. Um, the only thing that I think can be equated to race in this situation is the fact that people of color are probably more likely to use something like marijuana to cope with their feelings than they are to go out and get blackout drunk or, you know, take performance enhancing drugs or, or something like that. Culturally, in a lot of the black community, weed is not a thing. It is not an issue. You might as well have a beer. So is it ignorant of that kind of cultural awareness to say rules are rules and she knew what she was getting into? Possibly a little bit. Had she gone out and gotten blackout drunk when she got that news and still showed up to run her race, it wouldn't have been a problem. But the issue there, I think, is with the rule and not with the application of the rule. Um, Something that people fail to consider when they talk about Michael Phelps and just how much pot he smoked was that he did that after he swam in the Olympics. There was about six months between when he won all his medals and when he got into all of that trouble. And he did take consequences. He did take suspensions, but they didn't prevent him from competing because the of the timing. Right. Yeah. Same with Ryan Lochte. He was an absolute idiot. But it all happened after he won his gold. And it happened in kind of a ambiguous space in the rules and regulations of the Olympic Committee. 
So this is, it's a very clearly articulated rule. She knew she broke the rule. She acknowledged that she broke the rule. Yeah. And she is dealing with the consequences. And currently it looks like she will still be able to run the four by 100. No, no, they took that one away uh, yesterday, yesterday, the Olympic committee, the the U S Olympic team did not choose her for For the the relay 100. Yeah. They chose the, uh, the sixth and seventh place finisher. Uh, they, the reasoning was, I think fair. They didn't want like, it would, I guess be a, a bad look is kind of the, the, the angle they were coming from, but uh, I do I do take a little bit more exception to that. Um, I don't think there was any yeah, but it's I don't I yeah. wouldn't I absolutely would not on its face call it racism. Um, we get so caught up, especially lately, in wanting to assign that to every negative encounter that a person of color has. Yeah. And we have to be really, really, really careful with that because we will get ourselves into a boy who cried wolf situation yeah i i i agree with you i don't think it was explicitly racist i think if anything um like you said the lack of of cultural awareness and and how that impacts people there's a argument that it is performance enhancing not in the moment Mm -hmm. but in that it helps an athlete deal with stress or um, allows them to relax more which would then um, theoretically allow them to recover better right i think those arguments are a little strained i think they're a little right I would need to see some data. I There's would need to see some research before I sit behind them. Much more data and parsing I, that would have have to happen as far as yeah. like longevity of effect and how long it was before yeah. she actually ran and what. And all if that. those if those benefits actually outweigh the detriment to actually right. altering your mental state and your body, um, because I think a lot of people tend to think strictly in terms of good or bad, you know. Right. Um, but uh, think about how anabolics uh, sorry think about how human growth hormone actually affects a, a body it's good in that you build muscle but it's also very bad in that it can it can have a lot of really negative side effects that right. can hurt you and it's like that with every performance it's like with any drug some of some good effects some bad effects so determining what the what the actual balance is i think is something that needs to be taken into consideration i think too that the only I think that there might be a seed of systemic racism in here mm-hmm. in that the weed being illegal might, it depends on where they came up with this rule and why it was established. And I just don't know that information, but we know, for example, that heroin and weed was like cracked down upon under Nixon because he didn't want right. hippies and black people voting. So, you know, if these laws were put into place under similar circumstances, like way back in the day, whenever that was, because the Olympics are way older than Nixon. Um, You know, somebody made the rule that they didn't want certain people groups competing, so they decided to put this drug on the list. Then maybe you could get to an argument there. But I don't think, I think it's pretty much, it's not like she didn't know. I was talking to one of my friends who who was a a college-level competitive runner. Um, He's still an incredible runner. And... um, He's like, he's frustrated, right? But he he's like, she knew the rules. Everybody knows the rules. The rules aren't hidden. And it sucks. And we can have a discussion about whether or not those should be the rules. But the fact of the matter is right now, she still broke them. And I think the the best thing to come out of this is that, one, she is more of a a figure now than she was a week ago after she qualified like she is just so much more prevalent in the cultural conversation because of that which means more people recognize or they can see for themselves just how amazing she was in that race right Mm -hmm. and and how now in her response to adversity how much grace she is displaying in that face too right to have the the wherewithal to speak like she does 
I don't mean literally, I don't mean like you speak well, that's a terrible thing to say in another topic entirely, but like her response and Mm -hmm. the face of the fact that she did just lose her biological mother, that this knowledge was just like, boom, you know, sprung on her and that she now has lost her Olympic chance this year. Yeah. And to still have to display the grace that she has, I think is an incredible testament to her character and shows that she is Olympic material regardless of whether or not she's going because she is an incredible role model and somebody that America can be proud of even in the face of this um, quote-unquote scandal. Yeah. And just to clarify, the uh, the banned substance list is from the World Anti-Doping Agency. It's not just the United yeah. States Olympic Committee. Um, yeah. And it is, a, it is a blanket list of a bunch of things that are not okay in all sports that they... Yeah. oversee the regulation for. So, um, so if it is, yeah, it w- if it is a systemic issue, it's going to be a whole lot deeper than just the United States and, yeah, and how they acknowledge that kind of stuff. But yeah. And that's not to say that it couldn't be, it's just, it's not the same one we've been talking about. Right. Here. Right. Necessarily. It's like a cousin. <laughs> related maybe right but we don't know we can't make that claim we haven't done that research we can't we haven't but we do know that systemic racism is not only a problem in the united states we saw that last spring as countries all over the world stood in solidarity with the united states but also started calling out their own issues of racism and inequity and um and different issues like that so it's something to consider, something to look into. But at this point, uh, she's just a really classy gal who made a dumb mistake and is facing the consequences. Um, yeah. And hopefully, I don't even know that's that dumb, honestly. Just human. Yeah. 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 Just an unfortunate timing and a lack of judgment, sure. But gosh, I don't know who wouldn't kind of go off the deep end a little if they right. had that knowledge sprung on them. Yeah. And it, it's just, it's a that scenario just leads into a whole host of other other problems with with the way that our professional athletes are treated and the way especially our female professional athletes are treated uh, both by their sports and by the media in general. Which I don't know what what do you mean our female athletes? You surely you're not implying that they're treated any different than our male athletes. No, absolutely probably. not. Absolutely not. I mean, I'm definitely gosh. not talking about the fact that Naomi Osaka almost lost her ability to play tennis because she refused to do press interviews before she played. Yeah, that would <laughs> surely you just um, a topic for another time, yes. because we said we're going to have a little bit more fun this week. And then so we let's started opening Google the... tabs and researching things while we are not. Yeah, to be doing we research. did. So. Turns out that there's actually some research in in this episode. Sorry, guys. Um, Or you're welcome, because that's why you listen. Right. Um, But I'm not going to cite it, so you're going to have to guess. Yeah, deal with it. So this week, though, we are actually celebrating. So we're going to spend the last half of this episode talking about um, all sorts of fun stuff. We're going to... It's been, I guess, one week. It's been one year. You almost busted into some bare naked ladies. I sure did. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's been, if somebody leads in with it's been, you can't not. You can't, you not. can't not. Okay. I just don't want to get copyright strict, so, stricken. So <laughs> let's, I can't, I can't really go into it uh, unless we discuss it. Um, so yeah, it's been one year since we have put on our podcasting hats, our headphones, um, and try to, to bridge this gap that we're seeing between uh, people having these just uninformed, polarized conversations that are based just n- entirely in feeling and emotion and with no real underpinning fact or support. <laughs> <laughs> so so tonight, we want to take some time. We're going to reflect a little bit on our favorite episodes, what your favorite episodes were, um, what we've learned uh, the most about, and some of our favorite moments in the past year. Um, and so then we'll talk about some of the stuff that uh, we've been working on in the background, sort of. We've kind of been working on it in the foreground because we keep talking about it on all of our episodes. We're uh, to make, 
<laughs> vague booking for real. <laughs> oh my gosh. If you can't tell me to my face, don't talk to me at all. <laughs> Seriously. What do you mean? It's nothing. Um, anyway, so uh, yeah, we are, um, we're getting a little more, a little more officially official. Officially official. Uh, so Robin, are you ready for this walk down memory lane? I am. I am. All right. We'll start let's walking. Start, let's start. Let's do it. We'll let's do, do it. it. Okay. Um, top, top three. What are your top three favorite episodes that we've done so far in this last year? Okay. This was really, really hard. It was really hard for me to choose because I mean, this is, this is technically episode 43. So we've got 42 episodes to reflect on and they just got better and better and better as we went on. But I think my three favorites are Highway to Hyperinflation uh, because that one, that's the one that we did talking about Venezuela and this um, kind of under toe of rumor that's being spread that the United States is on its way to becoming the next Venezuela because of hyperinflation and um, socialistic government policies. Basically because Joe Biden is the president. Mm -hmm. I loved that one because it gave me the opportunity to start with a problem and just work it all the way through in a really logical, really chronological myth buster type fashion. Um, and I, there was tons of really cool information in that one that I, I didn't know. So I just I really enjoyed that one. Uh, second. That was a good one would be a history of fairness. This was your idea. That episode was your idea. It was my idea. And I yeah. that one is is a favorite of mine because as we were writing it, this really really cool storytelling element came out of it. We didn't go into it intending to tell the story of the preacher who single-handedly took down the fairness doctrine essentially. Um, but it was such a really just fascinating story once we started researching and telling it and it took over that whole entire episode and i loved that so much trying to bring more of that out moving forward yeah finding stories to tell yeah because that was fun that was fun it was and then the third one is boogaloo boys boogaloo boys (laughs) yes (laughs) mostly because we got to say boogaloo boys a lot so many times And I, I pro- it didn't make it into the edit, but we literally laughed through that entire episode because by the end of it, after an hour plus, boogaloo, I mean, it's not even a word to begin with, and it's just nonsense. It is just it's nonsense so by the end. Yeah, absolutely. That is actually in my list, my top three list as well, because that episode was so stinking just off uh, off the everything <laughs> it's just ridiculous it was fun to research fun to write um i i really enjoyed being able to lean on a lot of my professional perspective and things that i've learned there that was uh really nice um because so much of what we talk about is actually way outside the realm of anything that i've ever done professionally you know i've studied it in college studied a little bit in my master's um, but really diving as deep as we do is not something i get to get to do a lot at work but uh, the Boogaloo Boys, and then related to it, it's not in my top three, but the Antifa episode as yeah. well. Yes. Um, both sessions on that one. That was, that was, I really enjoyed talking about those and comparing and contrasting them a little bit. A lot of fun. Um, my other two in the top three are actually, I'm cheating. Uh, both of the COVID episodes, I couldn't yeah. pick between yeah, them. Yeah. The first one I feel like was a little more, a little more um, uh, grounded, I think is a better way to put it. <laughs> And the second one, we kind of, it was a couple of the more out there theories, um, conspiracy theories, I should say. But they were just so, I don't know, fun in a way. Um, Also, by the numbers, the first COVID episode was one of our most popular episodes, um, Myths and Legends. Mm -hmm. People, I guess you guys chewed it up uh, or ate it up. I I love that. I'm glad that a bunch of people listened to it. Um, and then all of the research that went into finding out like if a microchip could even oh actually fit through a COVID injection needle made me laugh so hard. Yeah, me literally. <laughs> the s- fact that that's where we were in life. Staring at my screen, trying to get somebody to tell me the depth to which radio frequency, like what radio frequency and what depth it would penetrate human flesh to get to the the point at which you would in- inject a microchip like 
it was chaos. Our search history was Absolutely chaos. Absolutely chaos. Oh my gosh. All right. <laughs> the algorithms on our search engines, we say this over and over again, but they are completely just trashed. Trashed. Um, so that one. And then uh, the state of Washington, Douglas Commonwealth. Really like that episode. Uh, one, because the topic was way more nuanced than I thought it was. There were more things happening there than I, mm-hmm. than I anticipated. But also it was a, it was, I really enjoy digging into constitutional history and the formation of the United States. And um, I got to do a lot of research on how the capital became the capital in the first place. And we got to walk you through the story of the capital moving all over the United States until it finally ended up in Washington, D.C. And um, kind of maybe uh, tear down that that veil of mystique that is around Washington, D.C. You know, it's not a sacred holy land that was like had an American flag sprouting out of the ground when the when the uh, colonists, <laughs> when the uh, settlers, Shocker. pilgrims, there we go, got here. You know, it was just like literally Washington going uh, there. <laughs> That'll keep everybody happy. Boom. Um, I thought that was fun. Yeah, there was a lot of really good history in that one. By the numbers, the listening audience, their favorite episodes were uh, the first three episodes, basically, in our Systemic Racism series, Mm -hmm. which would have been Criminal Justice, Housing, and Education. And then the session that we did on the bad apple theory and the other arguments against systemic racism. So that is what people have wanted yeah. to hear from us. Boogaloo Boys is right up there, though. Yeah, it was pretty close. Uh, those, All of those also had a pretty distinct advantage as being like pretty early episodes. I mean, literally our first three episodes. Yeah. So, uh, But they, they also have a disproportionate amount of listenership. Yeah. So. Vote by mail is right up there. The Electoral College. And then, you know, yeah. COVID myths and legends. COVID. Yeah. yeah. It's in the top 10. It's fine. Um, so, so which one did you learn the most from, you think? Oh, man. I think it has to be a toss-up for me between private, the private prison series that we did, especially the history episode. I had no idea that the history went that far back. Mm-hmm. Me either, actually. Yeah. I thought it was much more recent than that. Yeah. But like tracing it all the way back to to um, Antebellum South, really. Right. Like right at the edge. Right at the so. right at the edge. And the fact that it like still in the 1960s, there were people who were essentially living a slave life in mm-hmm. private plantations in the South. Yeah. And then the Antifa episode, again, especially the history, because I did not know that it went all the way back. It went all the way back to World War One. Yeah. 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 I didn't realize that it was a global thing before it was uh, the United States thing. Yeah. You know, um, it's it's a really incredible history. If you don't know what we're talking about and you're just jumping in on this episode, please go listen to those episodes because yes. they are. There's some just crazy stuff in there. Crazy I didn't history realize. In there. And I get to go on a rant about why we can't currently classify them as terrorists. So. <laughs> which was again fun for me because there's a lot of overlap with my actual work in there um, uh, yours so for what did you learn the most from yeah so this one's weird um because it i mean it's honestly like asking me which is my favorite chocolate like yes that all, all of them all of them are my favorite just put it in my mouth um don't run with that too far um <laughs> you went but, there. <laughs> i was going there no, I'm, t- I'm more talking to our audience. Um, the paradox of tolerance episodes, um, the tolerance paradox is it's just really compelling to me. It's way outside of our comfort zones for sure, uh, because we got into some deep philosophy in that one, epistemology on that one, uh, why we value uh, freedom of speech, where freedom of speech comes from. And, I, you know, I trying to condense that down into stuff that we could address in an hour uh, was a great challenge. And obviously, I don't think one that I did particularly well, but it was a lot of fun. I, I learned so much in that. I would love to revisit that at some point in the future with 
somebody who's a little more versed in the <laughs> in the uh, tolerance paradox and, yeah. and can maybe explain it better than I can. Um, but a, and just trying to figure out where we draw the line as a society between, yes, you have a freedom of speech and no, we can't tolerate you saying those things because that will destroy our, our society, you know? So yeah, I, I thought that was, it was, I learned so much from that, but I've learned so much on every single episode that we record and real talk. I go back and listen to our episodes, uh, because I forget some of the yeah. stuff that we've talked about, you know, and a lot of time it doesn't like latch on into the learning. Like I have made this part of me information center of my brain um, because we I we spend so much time researching it and putting it together and then recording it that we don't. It sounds weird, but we don't actually like study it. Yeah, we don't have time to process you know? it the yeah. way that you would if like this was your life's work. We spend so much time reading other people's life's work that we just don't get to internalize it as much. Yeah. On that's the, word, the first go around, but that's what yeah. the show notes are for. That's exactly what they're for. That is exactly what they're for. Um, our final, our final reflective question, I think, what was your favorite moment overall from this year? Funny, serious, the time that we couldn't stop swearing about something, you know, whatever. I, I don't, I really don't think that I can pick one. Because my favorite moments in this podcast, which is very often very serious and very heavy and super complicated topics, my favorite moments are the ones that we don't see coming. Whether it's like a perfectly placed pun or bookend Princess Bride references or just the right expletive at the right time. Sometimes we just trip over our tongues for like 20 minutes of a late night recording. Mm. Those are my hey, favorite as moments. <laughs> I'm just going to say, though, as the guy who edits these things later, not my I know, favorite moments. I know. <laughs> but I like I love the moments that catch me off guard and make me laugh because laughing yeah. is literally my favorite pastime. It's my greatest hobby. It's the thing I love the most. And so those are my favorite moments. I am sure there are audience members listening to this right now who are absolutely shocked to hear that we like laughing so much. <laughs> <laughs> or that we manage to laugh so much when we record these things. Right. But we really do. Um, it's probably a testament to how stinking nerdy we are. Yes. But it is so fun to do this. It is so fun to do this. And we have a blast. Um, as prematurely gray as I am going from doing it, it is absolutely fun. Um, Wait, does this mean that I get to blame all my gray hairs on this podcast? Oh, absolutely. <gasps> absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, use it. Abuse yes, that excuse. I have like six gray hairs, and they're all this podcast's fault. I have six in like the right side of my beard on my chin alone. Like, gosh, I want your jeans. Well, I don't have um, a beard. I think if I had a beard, actually, you I'd know have what? More gray hairs. Uh, probably. I've got a lot. In, I got a few in my head. I can't wait to be gray headed. I can't. I can't lie. I want to be a silver fox. I'm not so mad about. Awesome. I'm not mad about my gray hairs at all. <laughs> Um, maybe people will stop asking yeah. me if I'm in eighth grade when I have gray hair. No, Robin, you're like three foot seven. They're never going to stop. Oh, um, <laughs> so rude. Three foot nine. I'm sorry. Um, so th my favorite part was actually this moment when I called you short end of discussion. No, um, the post-presidential debate episode, I think debate takes and boogaloo boys is what it's called. Um, but not because it was the Boogaloo Boys episode, but because we actually made two <laughs> uh, versions of that episode. Yeah, we, we actually have a folder where we've saved the spicy version of that episode <laughs> because spicy. we swore so much. I think it was that episode. Yeah. Um, it's the only one in our series that actually has all the swear words bleeped out. There's a, you know, we've sworn a couple other times in our episodes right. and I didn't bleep them out. But that one, like, it was a bit... It was a lot. And a lot of it, a lot of the swearing ended up on the cutting room floor because like passion was, emotions were just so high after that. I can still almost, I can't talk about it without cussing. That's that stupid, stupid national embarrassment of a debate. Oh my gosh. Oh, yes. Oh, and we, mm, 
it came out. We we went into that episode. We knew we were steamed. We weren't going to do that. And then we did it we anyway. Did it. At one point, we, I, I do believe we actually said, F it, we're doing this anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just sometimes those moments when we feel like the national conversation really deserves to be addressed in, um, outside of what we had planned for the week. I really love those moments. Um, and they've happened a couple of times, mm-hmm. but that was like the first one that was just like, and it was so, and I put so much time into making two versions of that episode. It was great. Um, so yeah, yeah. A little, a little walk down memory lane. Thanks for joining us there. So should we stop teasing these folks with all of the, the news? Should we tell them, should we tell them the news? Yeah, we should, 100%. Uh, Okay, let's tell them. Tell them them the news about Twitter. About, listen, y'all, I tried. I did my best. I gave it, I gave it a a solid C-level effort, but we're quitting Twitter. (laughs) I can't, I, I can't. With Twitter, um, I mean, we'll still like we will still post episode links and uh, maybe some resources there as we as we come across them in case that's where you happen to find them. We wouldn't want you to miss us, but I just can't. I can't keep up. I can't try to like tweet. I cannot Twitter as a verb because yeah. it is like a psychedelic drug for my ADHD brain. And I either get so hyper engaged in it that I feel like I can't disengage I can't miss a tweet I can't miss an opportunity to respond or I'm just so overwhelmed by the whole idea of it that I ignore it and we tend more toward that end of the scale the ignoring yeah so we're just you'll get the standard broadcast stuff and I know that that's not what Twitter's for and I apologize in advance but if y'all want to have a conversation you can find us on Instagram or Facebook but probably Instagram that is, unless one of you wants to volunteer to be our social media manager and take over Twitter for us, we'd be willing to hear offers. Uh, so that's it. That's all the news. Bye, guys. Bye. No. <laughs> that is not all the news. That's just the That's just part news. of the news. That's, that's just part that's of the news. Part of the news. I mean, it news. might be bad you news, can, but also might be great news. It, I mean, yeah. It's great news for us. It's one less right. thing we got to do. Here's it is the, one less thing that I look at every week and think, oh, I didn't do that. Ooh, I should do that. Yeah. Confession time. Robin does like 95 plus percent of our social media just because of a variety of reasons. One, she's just better at it than I am. But also like I am literally without my phone for a solid 12 hours yeah. of the day for reasons. It's just a lot harder for me to do it. Um, so she has been a full on champion tackling as much of that as she can while still balancing having a family and a full-time job and just being generally kick-ass all around yeah. so in, in all fairness it is my Absolutely. actual job i have access to um to a lot of really cool tools and a lot of things that make it a lot easier on me than it would be on you who does not do this as part of your day job yeah um, not even a little bit <laughs> but yeah so we and and we do we do intend to get much better about that here in season two. We're taking some steps, doing some things that will make it a little more accessible to us, make it a little easier for us to connect with you guys in a more meaningful way on the social medias. You said season two. You said steps. What is the season two you speak of? Okay, yeah. So we are gonna do the cool thing, the thing that all the cool podcasts are doing, and we're going to take a season format. Number one, that means that it's a lot easier to keep track of the episodes because we're not going to make you count up to, by the time we got done with this year's episodes, we'd be at something like 95 episodes. We're not going to make you count that high. We're just going to start over with season two, episode one, but also it builds in a little bit of self-care for us. It means we actually get to take Christmas and New Year's off. Uh, of the podcast so we think that that's going to be a good format for us for you guys and a good way for us to organize things and bring in some cool changes if we bring in some cool changes with every new season then it keeps things exciting and keeps things moving in a really good direction 
Yeah. So yeah, there'll be the big, the really the big changes for that aside from the numbering is that there'll be a two week hiatus at the end of every year. And then I think a one week hiatus in the middle of the yep. year, like a mid season, um, around this time next year. So not that I'm sure that is truly devastating some of you listeners, but who knows? Maybe we'll we got to do, do it to stay up. sane. Yeah, we can do a recap episode. I'll make a blooper reel. I've been slowly clipping out some oh, of the bloopers Lord. that we've got when they're really good. Let's do an hour of us completely tripping over our tongue or saying the wrong thing entirely or just going, wait a minute, is that true? And then five minutes of typing while we look it up to make sure it's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. What about some of the other cool things that we're doing? You mentioned some cool changes. Right? Uh, yeah. Tell so f- the biggest cool thing that we're doing is... When this episode is live, you will be able to go to firesidebreakdowns.com. Dot com. Our very own website. We're all grown up, guys. We're so real. Yes. Yeah, like an actual, like for real, for real website, not a this is where our podcast is hosted. You can go click around and try to struggle through the weird formatting on it website. Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> because we do know that we have listeners from all over the place all the different podcast platforms, but we also wanted a, a good place that we can organize all of our episodes and maybe give you collections when we create a series. You know, it'll give us an opportunity to give you all three of those episodes in the same place that you can listen to them. It will give us a better place and a better format for our show notes. If you didn't know it already, we give you very detailed show notes every single week with all of our sources listed so that you can do the research with us. You can check up on us. You can see if you think we got it wrong. Um, and on that new website, there's a contact page in case we did get it wrong or you think we got it wrong. You can shoot us a note, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Right there yes. on the website. On the website. Ah, it's so cool. We've been working on this for so long. So. Yes, you'll be able to learn a little bit more about each of us individually. And then we do sometimes do some writing outside of the podcast and the research that we do for the show. And this will give us a really cool place to put all of that because it is usually relevant to what we're doing, but it doesn't quite make it into an episode. So it's a cool place. You can find us. Very, very exciting. And um, I think, so yeah, new, 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 new website, new logo. We got a new logo now. If you're following us on Instagram, you may have seen it already. Yeah, I I kind of previewed it a little bit. I wanted to test how it looked. It's Uh, so shiny. It looks so good. So shiny. So good. Um, Really just a whole new brand, really, which is so sleek. The uh, Fireside Breakdowns 2 is the same phone as last year, but you're going to pay us again. No, wait, that's Apple. Um, (laughs) This time with more cameras. (laughs) we have eight cameras now no we're very very excited about it um it's been a lot of work it is part of our overall uh seriousization of this whole endeavor um we have do we should we tell them about the llc i mean we can we can yeah we formed uh an llc now that officially produces this podcast um that we own actually robin owns most of it and then i also kind of own a little bit of it i that is very important for me to people to to know this robin okay uh, you're president and i'm assistant to the regional president and um <laughs> office <laughs> i hate that show so much but i can't stop referencing it why is that um i don't know it's I don't so like cringy it either it's so cringy it's so cringy it hurts me to watch it in my soul um sorry office fans and then uh, so yeah that's not a big deal for you listeners but it's a big deal for us it was a big step a lot of paperwork for that we're yes. still doing the paperwork but with that also comes one more major announcement i think robin's been burning some midnight oil on getting this set up lately if we're just so cool for you so guys cool. you just you can't stand it and you're like man i wish i could help them out when this episode is live, we will officially also have a Patreon. Yes! That means that if you would like to buy us a cup of coffee that will help us stay up as late as we do, writing all the words, you can do that. So many words. 
We'll probably even send you yeah. a picture of the cup of coffee that we buy with it to tell you thank you. Because Definitely. you can do that on Patreon. You can actually have conversations and interact with your patrons, which is super cool. Yeah. Yeah. We're still working out the the fine details of like the award levels and, and, and pledge levels and stuff because we put things off until the very last minute as always. Um, but that's how we do. But um, thinking about maybe a priority request list yeah. for certain tiers and... and um, Maybe, I don't know if there's any interest, like a, a hangouts or something, a virtual hangout or Yeah, we had kind of thrown around the idea of like a monthly happy like hour, like a Q&A happy yeah. hour or current events talk or whatever. Whatever, yeah. Just time to hang out. Yeah. We don't know. Still kicking that can around. If you have any ideas, feel free to kick it to us and we will consider putting it yeah, up there. You could send it to us um, on the contact page on our website. On our website, which is live as soon as this reaches your ears. How else can they find us, Robin? On the Instagrams. Mm. On the Facebook, just search Fireside Breakdowns or click on the handy little social links on either our Patreon page or our official website. Official website? Which is firesidebreakdowns.com. Yes! Can't say it enough. Um, it'll certainly make the how to contact us part of the episode way easier. Also... If you have been saving up your review, this is the time. Unleash them, please. <laughs> please. If it coincides with this rebrand, it really does help us. It's going to help us no matter when you did it. But this is the time to really, really help us out. Every single, every single review, especially the five-star reviews, really drive people. It drives the algorithm to let our podcast get recommended as much as we love producing this for the eight of you who listen every monday we see you we would really love it if it were like 80 people who listened every monday and the reviews help it get there um so please if uh if you think it's worth it give us that review and and let others know how cool it is yeah. we would greatly appreciate it and greatly appreciate it i'm even gonna go as far as to say that in for anybody who leaves us a review in the four weeks after this episode airs, you will get, number one, your review read on the air as long as it would not be offensive to our one eight-year-old listener's ears. That's your standard. Hey, Atticus. And number two, I will make a cheesy and terrible pun out of your name. What a reward incentive, Rob. Hey, I once absolutely subscribed to someone's Patreon page because I knew that they would do that and because I knew that they would have a terrible time pronouncing my last name. Yes. Do it. It brought me I great joy. I dare one of you guys to leave a review, especially if you've got a name that we you don't think we can pronounce. Do it. We'll, do, we'll do it. We're going to tackle do that it. name. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Cool. So, um... That is that is this week's episode, a little potpourri, but we're still going to do a good news yeah, because we love sending you off with some good news. Um, I think it's your turn, Robin. Probably. I think I did last week. It's probably week. my turn. Yeah. You know, do we've it. only been doing this podcast for a year and we still can't keep track of well, who's, we who's turn it is to do Yeah, we definitely got switched up a few episodes yeah, ago. Yeah, that's okay, though. True professionals. Because it's good news no matter who says it. That's right. And this week's good news. The U.S. is making passports more gender inclusive. Starting immediately, passport applicants can choose whichever gender, male or female, they prefer without having to validate that identity with medical documentation if it doesn't match their other medical records. So previously, if you, uh, let's say your birth certificate said that you were born male and you wanted to choose female as the gender on your passport, you would have to have other supporting medical documentation in order to make that valid. You no longer have to have that. And then very soon, they will be able to choose an X as a non-binary gender option, which is really cool. This development can be mm. directly tied to a lawsuit from Dana Zim, who is intersex and non-binary, and who wanted a passport that did not force them to choose one gender identification. So thank you for your advocacy for that, because that has made... United States passport policy so much more inclusive for so many people. There's no set date for the debut of that X, but word on the street is that it is coming soon. I 
do love to imagine just some people on the street like, hey, buddy, did you hear? They're going to put an X on the passport soon. Oh, wow, that's great. Word on the street. Word on the street. I just love it. It's also apparently a 19, like, 20s street, but whatever. It's fine. I love it. It's fine. That's way better than the reference that I go to, which is Sesame Street. (laughs) 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 Sorry, I'm just imagining the Swedish chef trying to explain uh, gender identities. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Listen. Listen, I have a confession. But have you literally make. never seen Sesame Street or on the street? Uh, no. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well. I know. It's a travesty, but I didn't watch really either of if those. If I can figure out how to post this to social media without violating every intellectual property law, I'm going to try to figure it out. <laughs> Alrighty. Take us out of here. You have All right. Thank you, everybody, for sticking with us for our one-year anniversary episode, State of the Pod, if you will, and for uh, bearing with us as we talk through some pretty heavy stuff at the beginning of the episode. We're excited to come back with you. We're excited to come back to you next week with yet another hard-hitting current events topic as yet to be determined. Uh, but you can't. Oh, I think we determined. Well, it. do you want to I tell it? Because sometimes I don't I do. say, That's... because then what happens if something, like, what happens if they raid the Capitol again? Okay. Well, then you say, barring any other massive developments okay. in the world. Barring any other massive developments in the world, we'll be back with you. Oh, you don't have to we will be back with you next week as we start to explore the very tangled conversation that is critical race theory. Absolutely. Yes. So ponder that a little bit. And until we are back with you next time, take care of each other. Bye.